So Mills, I can I can talk about history or I can talk about Are you ready for the word of God? Yeah. yeah you gotta be excited about it if you want it. Maybe that's the word. You gotta be excited about it if you want it. Get your wow back. Are we really? I mean, are we really? Yes. Because yeah. honestly, I, I'm not being mean, but we can do something. We can sing some more. Yeah. I mean, we've got to get our mind right for God to do something. You're going to get out what you put in this morning. I'm going to get out what I put in. If I give you my all this morning, then God will use me in everything I've got to do, right? But you guys the same way. It's a, it's a tag team. It's a, it's a combination. You guys got to give me something if you want to get something. If you don't want to get something, why you here? If you're here and you want something from God, then you got to go for it this morning. You go and brought us in. It feels like he's demonstrated a lot of what his word's been saying all over the place, and uh, it's powerful. And uh, I want to talk a little bit this morning. I think the Holy Spirit's put in my heart a word about the road back to intimacy, the road back to his heart. Because if we're honest, all of us in our relationship with God at times have gotten a little cold. We got used to things. We got we took things for granted. We took salvations for granted. I mean, the fact that we could see somebody come and get their life saved, give their life to Jesus Christ, that God permanently transforms their heart, and we see that with our eyes, ought to be something that we can't quit talking about all week. And if we don't, I just wonder: Do we have the heart of God? I mean, do we have his heart? What does that mean? What does it mean to say I have the heart of God? Do we want the heart of God? Yes. 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 And we talk about intimacy being, being close to the heart of God. So close you can hear his heart. So I want to read a little story, a famous, well-known story that Y'all heard preach so much that I hope you don't tune it out. But God wants to talk, I think, to His Holy Spirit wants to go through a little bit about the road back to His heart. Because I don't know what everybody here, I don't know what your story is. I don't know, I mean, I know parts of some of your stories. Um, but sometimes we need to know there's a road back to the Father's heart. So I'm going to read John, uh, excuse me, Luke, the Gospel of Luke 15. I want to start by reading Luke 15, 1. I'm going to read, preach out of the Passion, if the Lord gives me the breath this morning, um, the Passion Translation. But I want to start with Luke 15, 1, just to talk about, set up what, what the context of Jesus is preaching here. I'm going to tell, I'm going to give you the Word of God. I'm going to give you literally a, a message from Jesus. I'm going to talk about a message from Jesus. We're going to read a sermon, an illustration that Jesus gave. That's exciting to me. Right? I'm not reading Billy Graham's message. I'm not, I'm not reading Jeff Reynolds' message. I, I'm not reading your story. I'm not reading my story. I'm reading a message from Jesus, Yeshua, the Son of God. That's a big deal. So here's what he said. Here's what the Word of God says. Luke 15, 1. Many dishonest tax collectors... And other notorious sinners. Yeah, thank you for standing. Those of you, you don't have to, but I didn't say that. I'm going to start over. I'm sorry. I looked up and I said, wow, these people. Many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen as Jesus taught the people. Pause. If you wanted to find where Jesus was preaching back in the day, follow that crowd. Because you'll find Jesus every time in the Bible. Anyway, we go on. Back to verse 2. This raised concerns. 
This raised concerns with the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained, saying, look at how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them to come to him. In response, Jesus gave this illustration. You may be seated. So let, let me set it up. Jesus has got a crowd around him, and the people that the, the preachers and the, and, the, and the religious leaders grumbled, and, and they didn't like it. They didn't think it was right that those people should. I mean, they, they, they shouldn't have access to this man. If this man was who he said he was, then the, 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 the cleaner cut, the people that kept the rules, they would be the ones around him. And so they started to do something. Tell you what, you better check yourself if you're ever grumbling. Because where God is ever grumbling, grumbling means in the corner. They're starting to question this move. Okay, we know there's miracles. We know powerful things are happening, but we're starting to question it because the people in the circle don't look like what we think they should look like. And so we're going to start grumbling and complaining and put a little this isn't good. Maybe this isn't good. And they started grumbling. And so Jesus responded to them. And he responded to three stories. And Joe, he, Joe's not in here right now. He's counting money or something. He'll be back. <laughs> but he was right on this morning. He responded to three stories. One was the power of the lost lamb. And the second message Jesus preached in response to these Grumbling religious people was the parable of the lost coin. But the third one is I'm going to spend just a little bit of time this morning. I know the time. But I'm telling you what. I, it cracks me up when people say, I want revival. And they went out at 1230. You ain't getting revival. you got to make a choice. Every revival I've ever seen is now right in the place. So I'm going to tell you something. You, you take your choice. You can take the KFC or you can take revival. I don't know. all day, I promise. But I'm not going to schedule God. <laughs> Could we? Maybe. I just don't want to today. So the third, the message the preacher, the message Jesus preached was called in the passion of the loving father. We call it the prodigal son. Because we focus on one son because that's how we paint it. But actually, the parable of the passion, I think, is more accurately described as the loving father. In other words, what Jesus doesn't, isn't really trying to do is make anybody feel bad about the situation. He's trying to show them the heart of the father is to bring people back. There is a road back to the heart of the father. And so Jesus preaches this illustration. But I wanted to start with, verse, with the first of it to understand why is he preaching this? He's preaching it in response to the critics in the crowd who criticized who he allowed to be around him. You gotta get that. I mean, if you don't understand the context of what this is not, I can take an isolated verse and make it anything we want, but you gotta read what he's doing. And it says clearly he is responding to this criticism. So I'm gonna read. And then we're gonna go through it. You don't have to stand up because uh we're going to go through it and we'll stop at the end of verses and talk a little bit, preach a little bit as the Holy Spirit tells us to. But we're just preaching Luke 15, 11. And here he goes. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to the father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sides, sons, their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and he traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he was soon had wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. We're going to pause there. So understand this. This son didn't come to the father and ask for something he was not entitled to. He was entitled to his share. That was the law. 
But the problem was he came and he asked for what he was entitled to at the time he wasn't entitled to. He wanted his blessing before it was due. And in none he wanted before he was due, he wanted it outside the presence and the intimacy of the Father. He wanted his, but he wanted it outside the rule of the Father. He wanted it outside of the house of the Father. Sounds like us sometimes. We want ours, but we want our way, our time, the way we want it because we're a Burger King subway generation. It's your way all the time when you want it, how you want it. you got a voice and your voice counts and you're allowed to say what you want because it's America, son. Right? I'm a title of my opinion. Yes, you are. And so, and so this young man wanted his blessing before it was time. That would be an insult to a Jewish father. Because the Jewish father took care of his sons and his family. When he died, everything he had was to be split up. But by the son taking his death share and taking it away, he's basically telling the father in the Jewish culture, I don't care if you live or die. I don't value your presence in my life. Get this. I don't value your presence in my life. I just want your blessing. I don't value your presence. I don't value your intimacy. I just want your blessing. Father, interestingly enough, we're going to blame it on the money. Did you know the father? Did you read that? He gave the money to both sons. At that moment, he gave the shares to both sons. What the money? Because one son stayed home with the money. But there was something that young son, your younger son, that had a random spirit. And I, I've thought about this and I marinated this and I prayed this. What about that young son drove him away? Have you thought about that before? There are two sons. And, and we've all been one of the two, probably all been both of the two sometimes. But what about that one son drove him to have to do it his way? What about us makes us sometimes, what in the human spirit of man makes us so independent that we can't sit and listen to anybody and we got to do it our way? Sometimes. And our way has consequences. And, and, and so this young son removes himself from intimacy with the Father. He gets his blessing. And he realizes when you take the blessing without the intimacy, you get lack of purpose. You get lack of purpose and you get lack of identity. He winds up how? I'm going to read the scripture. Got to go. Got to go. Verse 13. With everything, 14, excuse me, with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry. For there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. And the farmer sent him out to the pigs to feed the pigs. His son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs. Because no one would feed him a thing. Our own selfishness, our own independence will often lead us to total devastation and dysfunction. And I'm going to tell you something shocking. There's a lot of people in this building that have never done a drug. A lot of people have. Some are. A lot of people have never done a drug. Those people in this room have never seen a drug. There's people that's never put a needle in your arm. There's people in this room that have never woke up in an alley not knowing. But there's plenty of those same people that are just as destructive and just as lack of purpose. And just as far from the heart of the Father. I'm wrong, why do you stay up at night? many ways that pig slop can look for different kind of pigs. But for a Jewish young man, a pig was an unclean animal. And what, what Jesus is saying is this man ended up about as low 
ऐसी की तैयार है Low as low could be. I don't know if you've ever found yourself at the end of you. Because when that young man wanted his money, he was high on him. I'm going to tell my story. I will do it my way because I know. <laughs> But he got to the end of him. And when you get to the end of you, then you're in a desperate spot. You know what the end of you is? It's sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm going to tell you something I learned. I'm going to tell you something I learned. I, there's a lot of good old mommies and daddies in this room that are sick and tired of your kids being sick and tired. And pray for them. Show them. Love them. You know, love them. Invite them. Just show, you know, do everything you can. Live fast for them. Pray for them. Swim for prayer. Do all that you can. But understand, it's not enough for you to be sick and tired of them being sick and tired. They got to get to the point where they're at the end of them and they are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so this young man finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired of him. He was starving. He was dirty. He was far from his father. He He knew what his father's house felt like. He knew there was more. Can I share something real personal? Yes. You know there's more. You know. As we lay in our mud, we know that there's a place called the Father's house. And if you've ever been in a rough spot in your life, that's what this young man did. He laid there at the end of him, sick and tired of being sick and tired, miserable. And he remembered something. He remembered a place. Do you? I can tell you places in my life that I remember. I, I think I've said this recently, but that were so at home that I felt so peace and I felt so unscared I, I just knew the world was okay in that place do you know a place like that or did you one time know that place have you ever stopped in the middle of this busy world and thought back and thought I remember that place I don't know what your place looks like to me I've said this it's probably a little a little country house in Kentucky I'm not saying I, I, I don't value my life now. I want my life now. I wish I could take my life now and mix it with the life then. It's what I wish. But I remember what it was like to sit in that couch. Long nights. Didn't have to be entertained. Could just sit and do nothing. They could pick beans and they could watch wrestling or we could just sit around and talk. I didn't have electronic devices. No. I didn't have nothing to play with over there. There wasn't an Atari over there. We already know what Atari is, some of y'all. There wasn't even a record player. There probably was. The only thing I got played out of that was stepping on the clouds, going to meet Jesus, rise me here in the air. It wasn't about that. But I was safe. And you know what we talk about all the time? I just wish my, my grandparents could see all this now. And you, you, all, you know, Val's got a mom that's gone. And I'm talking about mom and dad's mom and dad and dad's mom and dad. And you all got, but you all probably got places in your life. And not everybody. Some people grew up tough. But even those times you grew up tough, there's probably a point in your life you look back on. At some point. And say, wow, I missed that home. That was a safe place. Is anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody thinking about some place right now in your mind, or is it just me? I can smell a biscuit and gravy in the morning. Mmm, man. What's that sound? Oh, great job, Sal. Thank you, man. Good time. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Sal. I love you, Sal. You're my man. Oh, wow. We'll get you some sugar there, buddy. Give it up for Sam.
so this young man remembered a place, and his place was a little. His place was a little place in Kentucky, but it was his father's house. He lay there in the middle of his misery, and he remembered his father's house. And now I'll just read from there. It says, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing, and he thought. There are many workers in my father's house who have all the food they want, but plenty to spare. They like nothing. Why am I dying here hungry, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home. I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. Stop. So this man remembers that there's a place. But he believes he's messed up so bad he can never return to intimacy. He believes he's messed up so bad he can't be a son again. But if he can still get in that house, it's going to be better than where he is. So he knows in his mind he can't be a son. He can't get intimacy back. But he just wants presence. He'll settle for presence because he thinks intimacy is unattainable. We call that the broken road. And we use that all the time. The broken road. The broken road home. And so the young man thinks the road is broken and he thinks he does not have the ability to res resume sonship or intimacy. So he makes up a speech. You ever made up a speech? You ever done something wrong to your wife or husband or mommy or daddy or even your kid maybe? Sibling, friend? He said, I'm going to make it, I'm going to write this down. You, some of you practice it in front of a mirror. Because I see this young man, he didn't have even a mirror, but in the mud, the mud puddle where the pigs had messed and, and made a mess, I, I see him looking at himself and giving a speech. I'm going to apologize to daddy and say, I know I can't be your son anymore, but let me just be a servant in your house. When you're desperate, can't get enough presence. I remember time when we couldn't get enough presence. When I could have been in God's house or around the campfire 24-7 and I wouldn't have got tired of it because that was the only place I felt safe. Now, I'm not saying we have to stay there. I'm not saying it's not growth. There's a place close to God's heart. This young man says, you know when he started taking the road home to intimacy? When he started remembering that place. There's people in this room, if you're honest with yourself, you might not be in an intimate relationship with Jesus right now. You might know him or know of him, but you're not intimate with him. You don't breathe in him and breathe, you don't breathe in him and breathe out praise. You're not praying in a constant state of prayer. And I'm not saying you're literally always, but you know, we pray without ceasing. You, you, we're not walking. You just, you know it. Stop me telling you that. I'm not trying to tell you nothing. I don't know who does what. But in your mind, you know whether you are or not intimate with Jesus right now. And that young man who's rolled back again, and he remembered home. You can't start a journey until you remember home. Do you know home? And so that young man made his mind up that he was going to go try to be an employee or servant of his father. And so in verse 20, so the young son set off for home. From a great distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms. He hugged him dearly. And he kissed him over and over with tender love. So the son first got to the end of himself and became sick and tired again, sick and tired. Then the son does something else. He remembers a place. And then he took the third step. He took a step. He took a step. Do you know what I'm back? What it starts with? A step. A step. A step. Sometimes in our life, we can become comfortable where we are, but we're 
are comfortable in our state of dysfunction. We're comfortable in our misery. And it takes us being sick and tired of that place and remembering a father's house. And it takes us taking a step to change our location, to change our attitude. But it starts with a step. Maybe some of us in the room need to take a step. The cool thing is, we think the road is broken and we think the road is so far and insurmountable. But except the Father saw him coming from a far place. <laughs> that means that Father... <laughs> yeah. That Father that you don't, you think don't care about you no more that's wrote you off. That Father that you're mad at. That Father you blame. That Father... <laughs> He wants you back so bad. And he's out there looking left and right. Will this be the something? Will this be the Monday? Will be this be the Wednesday? That so-and-so comes back home and takes a step towards me. Because if you take a step, he'll run to greet you. The Word of God says he runs to greet you. Can't you see this young man, every step he took, he's... He's going over his speech in his head, right? Forgive me, Father, I've sinned. I'm not worthy to be your son, but I but just treat me as one of your servants. Forgive me, Father. He's going every step, scared. But he was taking the step anyway. If you're, if you're waiting not to be scared, you'll never get there. Take your step scared. Take your step scared. Take your step. He didn't know in his heart. He didn't know in his heart that the Father would take him back. And that defeats a lot of us. I'm not taking a step because I might not can do it. <laughs> what if I fail? It won't be the same. Take a step in your way. Try him out. Try him out. Let's see if he don't run to meet you. Let's see if he don't shorten the gap. I serve a God who's a gap shortener. I serve a God who's a way maker. I serve a God who's a road maker. I serve a God that when you take a step towards home, he sees you from afar and he runs to get you and he grabs you in his arms. You know what he didn't do that you and I might do? Not a single one told you so. <laughs> I didn't think I knew he'd be back. I know, I know, I know. I told him, I told you so. I told you so. You don't think the son already knew that? You don't think the son already knew that when he was laying in that pig mess? When he was laying pig feces? You don't think he knew that? You don't think people know that? We gotta yell at the sinners and tell them how messed up. They know what misery they're laying in. They just want a home to come back to. The scary thing, there's an older brother who don't know he's laying in the same crap. So. He hugs him. He loves him unconditionally. Verse 2, 6, uh, verse 21. Shh, my eyes. Then the son said, the son's getting ready to give a speech, right? He's practiced his speech. He's memorized his speech. He says, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I can never deserve to be called your son. So just let me be. And the father interrupted him. <laughs> You know why the father interrupted him? He didn't want to hear that word out of his mouth. Because the next word was going to be, just treat me as one of your servants. Oh, the father can't stand that. You're not a servant. You're not less than.
He came dressed as a beggar and he came wanting to be a servant. And the father was saying, Who you are, you're my son. And that ring that he had gave the authority of the father. Was that ring when he walked into town to a merchant? He wouldn't have to beg for a bite to eat. He shows his ring. And they give him everything he wants on his father's account. That's what the ring symbolizes. He had the identity of the father now. He had the authority of the father. You see, intimacy reveals identity. And identity reveals purpose. So the young son is home and everything is good and the house celebrates. And that's the end of the story, right? But remember, who is Jesus preaching to? responding to where God says that's what he did in response Jesus said this there was another son there was another son and the son kept all the rules and you know what the son's dysfunction didn't look so bad he wasn't laying in the mud he didn't have pig mess all over him he wasn't eating pig food But didn't he know the Father's heart? And didn't Jesus say at one point that we come to him and we'd say, Lord, I, I kept the fields. I was out there working the fields all day long. He said, but you didn't know my heart apart from me. Do you know his heart? Yes. So, I want to just read the scripture. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And he approached the house. He heard the music and celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and said, What's going on? The servant replied, It's your younger brother. He returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry. For one second, we're going to finish. Why would somebody else being celebrated make me mad? Now, nobody went and hit that boy, took away that boy's money. Just the fact that somebody else was being celebrated. Why would that make him angry? I mean, I, you got to start asking yourself when you have an angry heart, why? What are you so angry about, bro? <laughs> I promise you, you can ask my wife. I, I'm not angry at any human being I know of. I, I, why are you angry? About what? Why? This guy was angry. Worked up. Somebody else getting strokes, maybe. I don't know. We just, I think it's deeper than that. Let's go. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. I gotta finish this. I gotta finish what actually Jesus said. So he became angry and he refused to go in and celebrate. I'm not going there. <laughs> I refuse to celebrate. <laughs> Let me tell you the problem, old brother. Mm, this boy. The problem with the old brother is not he's not going to party. Oh, he loves to party. It's who he's going to party with or about. It's what he's going to celebrate. <laughs> you want to know the problem with the old brother? It's what is he willing to celebrate. Everybody, people are like to party. Everybody likes to party. But what makes you want to party? What are you willing to celebrate? <sighs> so he refused to go in. He went on strike. I love him. People go on strike. Have at it, big boys. I love it. So, 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 so. 
He became angry and refused to go in. So his father came out. So his father ran to get the one son. Now his father's running to get the other son. You know why? Because both sons matter. And so he comes out running to the other son, pleading with him. Says he pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said this, Father, listen, how many years have I been working like a son had always been a slave. Because slaves don't know their father's heart. They do what they think they're supposed to do and what they're told to do. But they're not driven by their father's heart. They won't even celebrate their younger brother. Because how dare those young sons get all the attention? <laughs> so, he says, I have been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son. I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting his wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. The father said this. Remember he just said, I've been working like a slave. Religion's a slave. It's a master. And we're the slave. We do what we think we're supposed to do and our dysfunction it is nasty in some people's eyes. But we're as far away from the Father's heart. My son, so again, once again, the Father wants to get once again establish that you're my son too. You're not a slave. You were always with me by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and to be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and now gone. Or ain't gone. But now he's alive and back with us again. He's lost. But now he's found. <laughs> Truth is, we've all been one of those sons or both of those sons. But intimacy is where identity and purpose are. It's knowing the Father's heart. Some of you in this room, and I've been there, you're in a state of dysfunction because you've ran from God and you're laying there and you know your misery, but there's other people in this room. You're miserable people. I'm not calling you. I'm not in your home saying that. I'm not calling you names. It might be just the people on the podcast, maybe nobody in this room. Probably just those out there. But you're not happy. We judge everybody else, but. Sometimes we say, I'll take the broken road back to Jesus. There is no broken road back to Jesus. The road away from Jesus is very broken. We break it. Yeah. But the road back from Jesus, He has made a way. He's the way giver. He has paved it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you won't have to carry your cross. But I'm saying this. The road back 
just starts with a step. And if you'll take that step, you'll run to grab you. And I don't know. Maybe everybody in this room does, but it's totally intimate with God and you know his every heartbeat and your heart beats for him and you see the world through his eyes and that's what your day is driven and looks like, then awesome. Then let's change the world. But if there's anybody in this room and you say, you know what, I remember place. I remember it never was about the stuff. It was about the love in that house. It's about the heart. Being close to that love. That's what it's about. Stuff doesn't matter. Stuff goes away. But to feel that love and know it. That intimate God. That's what He wants for you and I. That's what sonship looks like. That's what daughtership looks like. So I'm here to tell you that all this talk about all this and that is great and wonderful, and I'm just so happy and excited. And we've been preaching all year, and it's been exciting. And we've been having these wonderful services. Exciting. But the road back to the heart of the Father is open this And if you don't, if you're not 100% sure, if there's a little nag in your heart right now that says, I don't know if I fully know his heart. I don't know when they sang that song earlier about the breath of God in our lungs. I don't know for sure if I'm breathing that. Maybe some of it is and some of it's not. Then I want to tell you today that if you're willing to take one step, one step, God can bring you home. And He will hug you so tight. And He will call you son and He will call you daughter. And he'll take off those paper clothes that you've been wearing or I've been wearing. And he'll put on the clothes that we're supposed to have on. Because there's a world out there that needs to know who's dad, whose son you are. Who you, who's your daddy? This could be a country song. Who's your daddy? There's a world out there that needs to know who's your daddy. Needs to know his name is Yahweh. His name is, come on. There's a world out there that needs to know. There's a world out there that needs to know that when you lay hands on the sick, that you have the authority of the Lord. And addiction shall be, and depression shall be, and religion shall free, flee, and pride shall flee. There's a world out there that needs to see that about. Well, isn't that just Joseph's boy, no carpenter? Isn't that just Joseph's boy, no carpenter? That's a bunch of heathens, that's a bunch of this, that's a bunch of that. You don't see the robe he's wearing, you don't see the sandals he's got on her feet. You don't see the ring on her finger. If I do that, you wouldn't dare raise a voice against the king's head. Some people say I look mean when I preach. I really don't mean to. I'm passionate. I think I look like that when I order food at drive through still. Do I? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know what's funny? People make fun of that, but I've never, I've never once been embarrassing in a ball game. But I'm embarrassing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Like I don't go to the store and yell at somebody, but you know they have a problem. You're passionate about Jesus, right? I can't please them. My wife, and I were, uh, my wife and I were talking the other day. God has really worked on me a lot. I've never been one because Dad taught me this. Dad told me don't judge other people. 
I've never talked bad about preachers, other preachers, if I don't watch them. It's not that, but I won't. Jenny can tell. I don't, I'm not going to say this person's a phony. You'll never hear that out of my mouth. Ever, 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 ever. Because I think it's dangerous and scary, and I'm not going there. I'm not going to the Bible to tell you why, but don't do that. That's not a good ending for you, I promise. And, and so I don't talk bad about people. We really don't. And, and I'll see people do things, and, and I can, I, I mean, I, you, it's not like you have to put your head in the sand and I say, okay, I see this person did that, but I'm not mean to them or hate them or judge them or say they're bad people or I hate them or I can't stand them. And we were talking today, driving, and I said, you know, when you really think about it, for people to say something bad about somebody else, I said, think about how, like, and Denny's here today, Malik, and it's so awesome to have you. Pray for her health and pray for Malik on his job. Pray for those grandkids. Pray for Jake and Hannah, Tara, Caleb, all your kids. But I'm saying this. If somebody out there said that Debbie, and even if Debbie, and I've never really, I've never had a problem. Debbie's always been a good kid. And even when she's even made any kind of mistake, she did it pretty gracefully. I mean, I've never had to scream at her or I've never hit her or never, hardly had, I've grounded her probably a time or two. Now she's old enough to ground me, you know. <laughs> I always remember, I used to remember, I said, well, you know, I've got, I got a plan. Someday I might be in a nursing home, so I've got to be nice to these kids. And, uh, but pretend this, we're finishing. Pretend she had done something bad. Pretend she left home mad at me and went out in the community and just told everybody that I was lying on me. She, she's not. Please listen to her. But pretend she did. And she said, boy, he's a bad guy. He's bad. Oh, he's so bad. He did all this bad stuff. He's bad, 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 bad. Soon she did that. And I'm out at Walmart, somebody, and I hear some stranger over there saying, that dear Miles is a bad word. You know, she's a, she's a, she's a snake. She's a whatever. I mean, I can't really cuss in here, so I'm limited to what I'm going to say. So. But you get the point. Do you know what? We talked about this Wednesday. I'd still want to punch her in the face. Even though she, she done me kind of bad, she hasn't really been in this story. That's my kid. I know who she is. Don't you talk bad about my kid. But my wife and I were talking about this. Don't you think every time if I were to raise my voice against somebody that's God's kid, you don't think it hurts and runs in the right the same way? But, but they did something bad to me. I know, but they're God's kids. I get it. I get you might, you know, you might have got your feelings hurt. The truth's the truth. They might have done something bad. But they're God's child. The devil don't have, he didn't don't have creation. He didn't create certain people. God created that baby. And God put a purpose inside that baby. And if that baby grows up and doesn't live it for a while, that's on the baby. But that is still God's kids. Amen. And you are God's kid too. You're not junk. Don't let the devil tell you you're junk. You are God's kid. Amen. Alright. The two kids in the road home. Not the broken road. The road back to the Father and the road back to intimacy. Could you bow your head? Thank you for being patient. I hope you can. I hope the Holy Spirit's words resonated in you. If, if not, maybe you preached your own sermon. <laughs> Talking a lot about the heartbeat of the Father. The relationship with the Father. We talk a lot about finding yourself in a place where you're sick and tired. And we're just going to bathe here for just a minute. I'm not preaching anymore. My Bible's closed. My notes are closed. 
They will tell me you <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit live in your heart this morning. I don't know if you're laying in a place of fear and loneliness and dysfunction. Or I don't know if you're in a place of slaveship where you're just trying all the time to do the right things, but the love's not there. The love of the Father. If you're in this room and God has talked to you and you remember a place and God has brought that to your attention. Is there anybody in the room right now that just raise your hand? I just want to pray a minute. It says, I'm sick and tired and I remember a place. I, I, I see your hands. And I, I want more for my life. And I want to know more of God. And I want to know His heartbeat. I want to know that when I appear before Him, because one day I will, that He'll say, good and faithful. You knew my heart. You're my child. Well done. I sure don't want to hear. Yeah, I know you did everything. You kept the rules. You looked apart. You were in my house all the time. But you never embraced my heart. And therefore depart. I don't want to take that chance to you. If God is telling you in your heart right now that that much, that you're sick and tired or there's a home or that you want to be closer or you want to be called to Him, then you've taken the first step back to intimacy. But the second step is a biggie because it requires us to move. If He delayed, sometimes we lay in our pig mess and we just want God to come pull, pull us out. And I'm not saying He won't sometimes. But that young man had to take a step out of his dysfunction towards God. He didn't have to get all the way there. We don't have to go up on the mountain and, and rub Buddha's belly and talk to the wise old owl about how many licks it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop, Pop Broke, all whatever it is. There's no place, magical mountain that we got to get to God. You'll spend your whole life trying to get to God. But you do have to take a step. And He'll run to meet you. Is there anybody in this room right now that says, you know what, I need to take a step today. Would you put your hand up? All over this room, put your hand up. Put your hand up. You're sick and tired, put your hand up. You want more, put your hand up. Put it up, put two hands up. Mm. That's the road to the Father's heart. And your identity and your purpose are waiting for you. You want to get closer to God today. You don't want to be just an employee. You don't want to settle just to be in His house. But you want to know His heartbeat. And you want to have the authority of the ring. And you want to be like the Bible says. That you want to cast out demons. And heal the sick. And cleanse the lepers. <laughs> it's through His heart. It's not a spell. It's not a type of worship. take a step today. I believe He's going to meet you right here. Put them up. Don't you quit right now. You ain't no coward. You ain't no punk. Put your hands up. One. When I count to three, I want everybody to stand. And if you're taking a step today, you come. You come. He'll meet you here. He'll meet you here. There's people already coming. One. Two. Everybody up. Move. Move. Take a step. Take a step. Come on. Take a step. Take a chance. Take a chance on Him. He'll meet you here. He'll meet you here. Take a step. Mm, sonship. Mm. He loves you. He loves both His boys. He loves all His boys. And His girls. This altar's open.
However you want to express that, if you need prayer for healing, if you need to get close to God, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, whatever you need, this altar is always open. I'm going to let them do some praise and worship. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.